Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right. Well, good to see you guys. And uh, we're going to continue our series on uh, with the Holy Spirit as we've been talking the past couple weeks. And uh, with that in mind, I think I'll have Jody preach instead of me. Oh, she just looked at me. <laughs> have you ever had that look before? Like, are you crazy? <laughs> I get that now and then. <laughs> Maybe it's because I was crazy. <laughs> All right, we're going we're gonna to get together here in uh, John chapter 14. I've got a bunch of scriptures for you. Uh, John 14, and we realize that as we walk through this series and talking about the Holy Spirit, we understand that the blessing that comes from a life in the Spirit should never be taken for granted. We shouldn't take the Lord for granted in anything we do in, in the life that we live. In John chapter 14, verses 15 uh, to 18, it says this, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I, I will come to you. So the Gospel of John reveals a few things about the Holy Spirit. We see that Jesus was the one that was was speaking here in this in this passage, uh, we understand that uh, you you don't work to receive the Holy Spirit. You welcome Him into your life, and you welcome Him through your obedience. And as Jesus says there in verse fifteen, uh, He said, "If you love Me, keep My commandments." But Christ wants us to have uh, the Holy Spirit in our lives, and Jesus promised to send the Spirit. And our obedience is one of those keys to receiving, but it's not the only one. We understand that faith is important as well. But, but there's some other things that we can gain from uh, looking at what Jesus says here, that you receive an advocate, not an assistant, when you receive the Holy Spirit. Now we understand, I've said before, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise when you come to faith in Christ. Uh, we understand that that's the case. But let's get an idea. What's the difference between an, ad, uh, uh, an assistant uh, here as we see this and an advocate? Well, Jesus, is, or the Holy Spirit's an advocate, and an assistant helps you with your agenda. Uh, an assistant helps you with what you have planned. So if you're a person that says to God, okay, God, this is my plan, help me work it out. You're going to run into a little bit of trouble now and then, and how many times we've tried to do our own uh, our own things and be our own chief when God's priority is ignored. And so some face frustration because they want to do their own thing when God has a better path for them. Uh, and uh, so there used to be an old bumper sticker. Now, now, if you have one of these or used to have one, don't, don't feel bad about it. Uh, there used to be that old bumper sticker, and you may see it now and then. It says, God is my co-pilot. Have you ever seen that or had that? And, and that's fine and good. Uh, but uh, really what we see kind of out of that in the bumper sticker is it shows more of an assistant, uh, uh, kind of a partner, somebody that comes along uh, aside with you. But God is more than just a co-pilot. Uh, it's more that he's more than just assistant. The Holy Spirit, from what Jesus 
uh, teaches is an advocate who instructs and who sticks up for us. Now in John chapter 15, verse 26, it says, When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So the advocate speaks the truth and testifies about Christ, testifies about Jesus. So the Holy Spirit reminds you of some important information, some crucial crucial communication that you should have. John chapter 14, verse 26, again, he says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Now, Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would help the disciples remember what he said. Remember, he's talking to the disciples at this point, and uh, he's, he's, he's telling them these things, and he did this so that they could record uh, his information, those things that he taught accurately in Scripture. And it's for our benefit. We are benefited out of that. But this was especially important for the apostles there in the beginning, in the establishment of the church, when the church was kicked off on Acts, in, in the book of Acts. You, but you and I still need, we still need His help to be reminded of what God has said to us. We still need the Spirit of God to guide us and to lead us in our lives. He's in the business of keeping us on the path that God has set for us. The Spirit can simply drop a verse from God's Word in your heart. But for the Spirit to remind you, you need to uh, give Him something to work with, right? That's why we study to show ourselves approved. That's why we need to know the Word of God. We need to be aware of what the Word is saying to us. And that's why one, one reason why we come to church as well. The Spirit also brings godly conviction in regards to sin. In John chapter uh, 16, verse 8, it says this, When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. So the Holy Spirit is, he's an advocate who gives us power, he gives us love, and even helps us have the right perspective. Sometimes we have to change our perspective about things. And let's look, let's walk through these this morning as we see that the Spirit energizes us with power. So there's a lot of people who are anxious about the future. Not sure what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or two months from now, but but Psalm chapter 27 verse 1 tells us this, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? See, we don't have to be paralyzed with worry and this life that we live in if we will allow the Lord to be that concrete foundation that holds us firm and solid in the times that we live in. And when you face a difficult time, when you face challenges in your walk, on your journey, uh, you realize that it's easy sometimes to listen to ourselves and maybe to ignore what the Spirit of God is wanting to say or to ignore what the Word of God is wanting to say to us. But the Spirit of God brings hope. He he brings peace to us and, and He also brings confidence even in the middle of an uncertainty. We all face uncertain times, don't we? We all face those things. Have, have you ever liked to climb trees? Uh, I used to like, my brother and I, we used to do it. I don't get up in the trees very often now. If I do anything with a tree, it's with a pole saw from the ground. <laughs> I'm staying away from that thing. But 
when my brother and I, when we were kids, one of the things that we used to do is we, we, would, uh, we would get out there and we would climb our trees and build tree houses and that stuff. We would climb up. The further you get up in the tree, you know how it is. If the wind comes along and those branches are more limber and weaker, is the higher you get. And you get up there a ways, and then if that wind comes up, you feel a little uneasy. You feel a little uncertain in what's going to happen. And so you tend to walk dry, uh, not walk or drive. No, you climb down. You tend to climb down a little bit, and so you get to those stronger uh, tree trunks, or not tree trunks, branches. I'm going to get it out yet. And, and you get down there a little bit, and you're, a, you're able to have this place that's more certain. And that's like when we would build tree houses, what we tended to do, we would build it down at the Y of the tree where it branches off, or the more stable part of that. And so then we could enjoy playing around in the tree house when we were kids, and those things were fun. Those trees are gone. Uh, but, but it's fun to do that, but we live sometimes in situations where the wind is blowing and it feels like things are so uncertain we don't know which direction to go. When we face those difficult times, if we only listen to our own ideas, it's like we're climbing up on those weak limbs and when the wind blows, it throws us off balance. We need to be able to climb down to the tough foundation of that tree, so to speak, that we need to climb down and trust in the Lord and allow the Lord to help us. Despite what some people may think, the Spirit of God can produce stability in uncertainty. He can produce that if we will look to Him. God speaks through ideas from the Holy Spirit. We know that. He, get, he gives you thoughts. He gives you suggestions. He puts impressions in your heart and your mind. And when the devil talks to you, he tends to throw out temptation or he may twist things a little bit. Uh, but when, when God speaks, it's inspiration. And the Holy Spirit will bring God's truth to your mind. And that, that truth gives you power. It gives you strength or the ability to move forward. As the Scripture tells us, as we heard the word this morning, uh, that prophetic word, it, it's, uh, it's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's what the Scripture teaches us. So there's some things that are important for us. It's important that we understand that what, what, uh, what comes to us from the Spirit is something that should line up also with the Word of God. It should be something that stays in bounds of the Word of God. We need to be people of the Word of God, and we need to be people of the Spirit of God. So it's not uh, separated. Those things go together uh, because God is not torn apart. You can see what the Apostle uh, P, uh, John... <laughs> I'm going to get him. Yeah, if you can see what the Apostle uh, Paul says over in 1 Corinthians when he's talking uh, to the Corinthian church who had a lot of problems with how they handled the gifts of the Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3, Paul says this. He says, therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. He's saying it in simple words here. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And so the Spirit of God won't direct us to do something that is against God's word. He's not going to send us a, another path because God's word is our mainstay. And we need to trust in his word and we need to know his word. If you see what he said, uh, John, uh, what John 14 verse 26 says in the, in the uh, if you'll see, put it the next one up, it's the Phillips, uh, with the Phillips version, it says this, but the one who is coming to stand by you, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, 
will be your teacher and will bring to your minds all that I have said to you. So we understand that the Holy Spirit, He speaks to our minds, He speaks to our lives, He speaks into our hearts. He doesn't need to have a, provide an audible voice for us. He doesn't need to go through our ears, but the Spirit brings God's truth to mind. That means there's usually there's got to be something in there. That's why we need to know the Word of God. We need to have the uh, Word of God in our lives so that He can give us something from His Word. It doesn't mean that He doesn't speak outside of that, but He speaks in line with it. And that's what's important for us as followers of Jesus. When you read, when you study, when you fill your mind with God's Word, you're storing the truth in your mind. The Holy Spirit can bring it to your mind at just the right time. Have you ever had the Lord just drop a Scripture in your mind? Just dropped it in your heart and you're like, man, the Lord just keeps giving me the Scripture and maybe it's there for a day or maybe it's there for a couple of days and all of a sudden you meet somebody. And when you start talking to them, that, that Scripture just comes up and you're like, oh, I get it now, Lord. That's why you gave it to me. And so for that individual, and maybe it's just an encouraging word to help that person through that time. So we see, here's a second thing that we're going to look at. The Holy Spirit enriches you with love. So not only does He empower us, but He gives us the ability to live out this life as followers of Jesus, but He also enriches us with love. And love is a great, it is a great force in overcoming fear. Now the scripture tells us that perfect love casts out fear. But there are some key differences between love and fear. We all know that. We all recognize it. And love looks for opportunities to give, but fear is self-protecting. Love gives Fear is self-protecting. Fear says, I have to keep what I have. If I let it go, I may never have it again. But love says, I may never have the opportunity to do this again. Maybe it's to encourage somebody. Maybe you come along their path and and you have this opportunity, this one-time event to be able to encourage that individual. I just imagine for some of you going to Royal Family Kids Camp that you're going to have some opportunities to minister to some kids and you may not have that opportunity again. But as you take those opportunities, something good can come out of it in their lives. So love causes us to move forward and move towards other people. Fear causes us to withdraw. Really, I know here that we could kind of talk about personality and the different personalities and all that kind of stuff that tend to go one way or the other, and that's not really what we're doing here. Uh, but, But honest love wants to engage people. Fear is so concerned with protecting ourselves emotionally or physically that the person won't step out of their comfort zone. But the Holy Spirit enriches us with love. Let's look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Most of us know, know this verse. It's a powerful verse. And he says in Acts 1, 8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, now some of you say, I can't get that, Pastor Mike. I don't know where you're putting that in here. We've already talked about power. Now you're talking about love. And uh, yeah, I get that too. But you have to understand that love and power really are related here in this because Acts 1.8 didn't happen in a vacuum. What you have to realize is that we were empowered and the apostles and the disciples, 120, wasn't just the 
of the apostles that were filled with the Spirit. It was those around as well. And they were sent out to do the work, but based on what? Based on love. John 3 tells us, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That's why we're empowered. That's why we receive the power of the Spirit of God so we can live out our life and so that we can share the faith and the hope that we have in Christ. Jesus gave His life so that we might live. Now, love is a sign of trust and fear is a sign of doubt. Uh, You're more likely to trust somebody uh, that you love when you love them and they love you. Have you ever met a big dog on the sidewalk? And you're walking down the sidewalk and you see the big dog. You've never seen the dog before, but all of a sudden you see this dog and uh, you can't tell if he's wagging his tail. You know, that's usually the good sign, right? He's wagging his tail. You can't tell if he's wagging his tail or if he's got the big teeth out. You just don't know. And so since you don't know the dog, you just aren't necessarily going to go over and pat him on the head. And uh, so, but if you, if it was your pet and that dog was your pet and that dog loved you and knew you and you knew it and you saw his, his tail wagon and he didn't have his teeth buried at that time, you were good. You're going to go pet that dog. Why? Because you don't have fear because you love that dog. That dog loves you. I think. No, they have great loyalty, great animals. So love is a sign of trust. Here's a sign of doubt. Love has some of its own, uh, has its distinction in today's culture. It's a little bit different maybe. What is love? How do you define it? In the world we live, we all have our own views of what love is. And our culture also impacts our views as individuals, but we also must be impacted and guided by the Spirit of God and what God's Word tells us. We need to look it over so that we don't simply take on our own view or what our culture's view uh, of love is. The first type of love we may consider in general is just, uh, just affection, which takes uh, delight in affirming others. And that's a good kind of love. And uh, it, it's, it's a good kind of love and care for others. Another kind of love in general terms is friendship. Uh, you may see that in the sense of the brotherly love, uh, phileo love, out of the uh, New Testament time. Uh, it's a deep and a deeply felt togetherness, a sense of joy when two people are together. That may be a person you have a hobby with. Maybe you go shopping together. Maybe, maybe you go to the races together. Maybe you just hang out. Uh, but, but it's friendship. And we may not consider friendship as love, but it is. It's a, it's a type of love. Then there are some uh, more ancient words for love in different forms in the New Testament times. Not all of them are in the Scripture, but you have the one eros, uh, which is a Greek word, a romantic, passionate kind of love, a love between a couple, those who are in in love, as we may say. Uh, Beyond this form, we find agape, which is the highest form of love. It's that gift love. The agape love uh, longs to give what is best unconditionally regardless of the cost. It is selfless seeking the highest good for the other person, not themselves. Agape finds its fullest expression in God's love towards us. And And it's His desire for us to love each other the same way. And it's this kind of love that the Apostle Paul urged the church in Corinth to have love for one another as he's challenging them. 
Now we look at, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 here in just a second, but this is, a lot of people call this the love chapter, uh, but the love chapter itself is set in the context of properly dealing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the church, in the body of Christ. Sometimes people just pull it out of there and just think it has nothing to do with that, but that's not true. It actually deals, oh, the Apostle Paul is dealing with how we use the man, how we appropriate the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. And he brings this out because they had issues, it's evident, in, in Corinth. And uh, so Paul brings this out and he talks to them. He's trying to help them to have an attitude of love as the gifts of the Spirit work in people's lives. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, this is what he says. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal, just noisy. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. It's that attitude, isn't it, that he's saying is so important. He says in verse 4, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it, is, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, Wow, that's some tough stuff. Seven, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are, uh, there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. We only need that stuff for so long, and they will be with the Lord face to face. He wraps this portion up, and you can go on in, in, in verse 13. He wraps it up, and he says this. He says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So the gifts of the Spirit, they are important. We understand that. You can't get away from what the Scripture says about them. They are important, but Paul says that they are to be appropriated as, of course, as the Spirit wills, as the Scripture says, but on the other side, they must be with uh, love. Love must be the attitude that we have when we relate to others and when we allow God to work through our lives. Uh, Vince Lombardi was a famous NFL coach and also player in the past. And was, he was once asked what it took to make a winning team. And there are a lot of coaches with good, uh, good football clubs, he said. Uh, and uh, they have to know the fundamentals. They have to have plenty of discipline. But some of them still don't win the game with those things. It's got to be more than that. He said, uh, you have to come to this third ingredient. If you're going to play together as a team, you've got to care for one another. You've got to love each other. Each player has to be thinking about the next guy and saying to himself, if I don't block that man, Paul's going to get his legs broken. That's a rough sport, right? Then he goes on and he says, I have to do my job well in order that he can do his job. Paul and, and Lombardi goes on to say this, the, the difference between mediocrity and greatness is the feeling these guys have for each other, that love. That's important for us as followers of Jesus that we have that love 
working in our lives? Do we look out for the next guy beside us? Look to the person beside you and say, I'm looking out for you. If you're at a distance, look somewhere else. I'm looking out for you. I pray that you're looking out for one another because in a healthy church, each follower of Jesus must learn to care for others. As we take seriously Jesus' command to love one another, we contribute to a winning team at Topeka First Assembly. As we share, as not just the pastoral staff, but as all of us come together and as we serve one another and as we interact with our community to share the love of Christ, we can see good things happen because we love. The Holy Spirit will enrich your heart with this kind of love for one another. We just have to simply let Him do it, right? That's what we have to do. If you remove love from relationships, that you remove life. Some people say, yeah, but I'm not really the demonstrative type. I'm, not, I'm not just not that type of person. But well, thankfully, that isn't God's attitude towards us. Uh, he did demonstrate his love. And I understand that kind of some of that is the personality thing, but we have to step out sometimes of where we're at. And like God did for us in Romans chapter uh, 5, verse 8, he says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, he demonstrated for us. And the Apostle Paul was sure to remind us in. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, these words he says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. He did so. He was demonstrative. He, he, was, he, he, he acted out of love for, for us. And here's a good strategy for loving others well accept others for who they are, not who you want them to be. I dare to say that this week during camp, for some of you, that's going to be the thing. <laughs> Accept them for who they are, not who you want them to be. Hello. <laughs> Love shouldn't fall apart when the other person doesn't live up to your expectations. Could you imagine if every time you messed up, if every time you messed up that God just fell off His throne like, oh, I can't believe this person. How did this happen? Like, who's He going to pray to and ask for help? And uh, He's going to say, well, okay, I'm going to help this person. And I, He's not falling off His throne every time you or I mess up or every time we run the opposite direction. He, he's looking at us. He cares for us. He loves us. And He desires to work in our lives. We have to be patient with others' progress. We have to enjoy people. You need to let them grow, develop, and mature in their lives. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, the Apostle Paul says this. He said, being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I'm glad he started that work in me. And I pray that He started that work in you. And as He's working in you, it's, it's a process, right? It takes time and He's still working in our lives. We're, we're, not, we're not finished yet. We need to be able to connect with others when they hurt. There's nothing more comforting than to have somebody else present when you hurt. Romans 12 verse 15 says this, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Desire what is best for others. It's not... 
uh, it's not about what you can get out of the, out of the deal. It's about what you can give. It's and and this is the kind of love that Paul had for the Philippians. Even in chapter one of verse eight and verse eight of Philippians, he said this: God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Maybe you don't have that capacity to love at that level and that way like he did, but the Spirit of God can help you. He can help each and every one of us as we look to Him and allow Him to work in our lives and and to minister through our lives as His people. We are His people. We're the sheep of His pasture. And we need to be able to set aside every, every offense and learn how to let go of the bad things that people have done to you. Corey Ten Boom uh, survived the Holocaust in World War II, and uh, she knew what it was like to uh, to suffer and to face the challenges uh, that she did. And, and she told a pastor one time, uh, she said she wasn't able to forget a wrong that somebody had done to her. She had forgiven them, but it, it kept coming up to her over and over again, and she couldn't even sleep for two weeks. And she was trying to deal with this, and the pastor told her, he said, up in the church tower, he said that the caretaker will ring the bell, and when the, when the caretaker rings the bell, you know, it's going to ding-dong as it does, and, and once they finally let go of the rope, because they're done with that, that bell keeps going. It keeps ringing a little bit and slows down, and finally it comes to the last, last ding-dong, and it's done. And, he, and he's like, you know, that forgiveness is kind of like that too. Sometimes we have to let go of the rope, and that's forgiveness. But once we let go of the rope and we, that bell keeps ringing sometimes. It may bother us for a little while still after that, but finally at some point it's going to stop. And that noise is going to quit being made. And we're going to be able to move on and allow God to do what He wants to do. Like Corey Tinboom said, she said, the force was my willingness in the matter. In other words, her willingness to forgive and then to move on. She still said she had a few reverberations from that bell, so to speak, after that, but that she walked through it. And that forgiveness helped her to forgive. The Holy Spirit enlightens you with proper perspective. In John chapter 15, verse 26, it says this, it says, uh, when the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, He will testify about Me. So we understand the Spirit of God helps our perspective because His work is to magnify Jesus in our lives. He's, he, he testifies about Christ. And perspective shapes how we see things. It influences our action. It shapes our thinking. And ultimately, it impacts our life. Have you ever found yourself asking, where is God? And the more you ask it, the more you find yourself saying, uh, uh, where, where is God? And we understand that He's there. We understand what Scripture tells us, that He is everywhere. He is here with us. But there are those times when you say, God, I need you right here, right now. The Spirit helps you when you keep uh, life in perspective by bringing the truth of God's Word into your mind. If conditions have you feeling lonely, the Spirit reminds you that He is with you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says this, For God has said, I will never fail you, 
I will never abandon you. When insecurity comes your way, the Spirit reminds you that He is your confidence, as it says in Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not even set you ablaze. That's a promise for some of you here this morning. Your condition may have you feeling uncertain. And the Holy Spirit reminds you that He is your counselor. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21 says, uh, what, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. If you're discouraged and not sure which way to go, you know that the Lord is there with you. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and He saves those who are crushed in spirit. We can look to Him this morning. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing this last song together. We're going to worship the Lord. But we want to welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives and allow Him to help us, to, to energize us with the power of His Spirit when we feel like we have no strength left. And we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us, to enrich us with love when others are, maybe they're getting under your skin or giving you a challenge or being difficult that day. And, May the Spirit of God enlighten us with a proper perspective to grasp a hold of life. As he says in Isaiah, these words, he said, don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will, up, I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. He wants to hold you up today. He wants to strengthen you and fill you and make you strong so that you can walk through no matter what you're dealing with and allow Him to restore and to replenish your life so that you can keep that right perspective so that you can live in love. Let's pray. Father, I thank You this morning. I thank You, Lord, because You are faithful. I pray, Father God, that You would help each and every person here in this place as we look to You and as we welcome You to work in our lives. Father God, as when we leave, May we go with the spirit of grace and may we go in the spirit of hope knowing, Lord, that You are our concrete foundation that holds us forever firm. In Jesus' name, Amen.